Glitterati, we have a question for you. How good are you willing to have it? You may have heard us throw that question out before, but we're going to talk about it at a newer, deeper level this evening. So we recently heard gold drop out of our friend Nicole Hodges' mouth. Shout out to her. We will link her previous episode in our show notes. It's an amazing episode. And we wanted to quote her for you today. Nicole said, now acknowledging what you desire is one thing, but contending with how much in your life has to change in order for you to get what you want is a scary endeavor. So a lot of people will choose to keep themselves numb and hold themselves back because acknowledging what they want makes them realize that perhaps there's a job that they need to leave or a conversation they need to have, a relationship they need to end or an entire table flip they need to do in their life. And that takes a lot of bravery. But here's the magic about this conversation, everybody. When we orient ourselves with desire, it changes the way we move through this world. And there is a ripple effect that the three of us have had the privilege of experiencing. And today we're going to discuss our personal journeys of flipping the table in our own lives and how that ripple effect has 10x every area in our lives and how you can do that for yourself as well. Mm. Isn't that so dope? Like just to echo the last thing that you said there, that what's possible when you prioritize your pleasure, make space for your desires and flip the table, so to speak, to really bring it into fruition, that you can see 10x results in any other area of life. I mean, like, just can we give that space for a second? That is so contradictory to how we were programmed and wired to navigate the world. Yeah. And I can, taking a look at where my life was when I started this project six and a half, seven years ago, it is completely unrecognizable. And you hear that, right? That is a slogan in the personal development world. Have your life be unrecognizable. But I do think that it's important (laughs) to, to actually get present to that sometimes. And One of the things that I love about this concept and that it's so empowering for me, and I wasn't able to put it in words as well as Nicole was, one of the things that the table flips I did inside of this project was leaving a relationship. And hearing the words that she said, orienting yourself with desire versus For me, I was like, oh, I started to believe in myself or my, you know, I believed in my self-worth. That never really resonated for me the way that this does. I was orienting myself with my desires and believed in my pleasure and believed in what I desired of having a family, getting married, having those things was stronger than my desire to stay in a relationship where those things weren't possible. And I think she's right. That does take right. an incredible amount of bravery. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I'm flashing back to this experience that you went through when, I mean, we were, we used to do the podcast 
at your ex-boyfriend's event space, the, yes. the podcast studio. I mean, he, it was like you were, this is how we came into this whole show was you in this mm-hmm. relationship. And I would say as like a sister goddess of yours witnessing you, it was absolutely the experience of, I mean, really what femininity stands for. There's the strength of femininity, your bravery, your courage. It was like, you didn't have to say you value your self-worth. You just, by leaving the relationship, demonstrated. Yeah, it, it, was, no, it wasn't that I was worthy. I always knew I was worthy. My mom mm, yeah. installed that and believed in me. Mm-hmm. I had confidence. Right. What it was, mm. was my desires were not only worthy, yeah. but worth honoring enough to flip the table on my complete, complete life. Move, break up, Ooh. all of it. My desires were worthy of flipping the table in my life. And honoring those was more mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. to me than anything else. But it took something and it was scary. So living a life d- guided by pleasure led you to do something that cr- that required a lot of courage to do and you were able to do that, you feel like that it made it easier for you to do or you were able to do it at all because you were practicing living a life guided by pleasure? Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is that when you put yourself inside of a container, which we did, where you are right. in a community where the conversation of your desires and what you really want is being reflected back to you on a regular basis and you're being exposed to new tools, it's impossible to run away from what you really, the life you feel you were born to have. And for me, I woke up one morning and I said, enough is enough. I don't know what's gonna happen. But I know that I had faith because of the community I had, to be honest. And my desires were being reflected Mm -hmm. back to me because we were having these conversations. I couldn't bury them. I couldn't ignore them. I could no longer numb myself out and pretend that everything was okay when it wasn't. And that's like, that's what had you dip out of that relationship and be like, enough is enough. My desires are, I'm worthy of these desires. I'm done settling for anything less And than I think that. that it was, it's the mm-hmm. numbing. I think it's the numbing. You know, if you can fool yourself and numb yourself out enough to think that you're okay in the circumstances you're oh, in yeah. until you have a container or distinctions like we have inside of the work that we do that start reflecting back to you and start dethawing you. And then you wake up one morning and you say, oh, fuck, I am feeling things I haven't yep, felt before. It. It's, the, it's the thawing out, I think was what it was. I'm really getting from those, the accountability was access to that thawing out process. Because when we, when we don't have accountability reflected back, you know, we don't mm-hmm. get that reflection. And we can hide out. We can live, go a whole life with, with hiding yeah. out. And unless you have a community, there really is no accountability yes. for that. So it's, it's, this is, we are your allies, pleasure seekers and clitorati. And this is <laughs> your safe community to um, 
to talk about your desires, to, to create the space to, to, to check, check in. in, you know, to really check mm-hmm. in and, 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 and discern, am I, you know, I need us to, to slow down enough to tune into our bodies, to listen to the information that our body is telling us and discover what really brings us pleasure, what really are our desires mm-hmm. and tapping into that truth, meaning taking action on the desire now is tapping into our truth. And I think that it's important to note that everyone's truth has its mm-hmm. own pace, Right. And when we can surrender to our personal truth, like you did, Lindsay, when you woke up that one day and you were like, I surrender mm-hmm. to my desires. <laughs> I got to complete this relationship mm-hmm. now. We can now speak up for our needs and desires. And, and it wasn't just... Surrender. It wasn't just ending the relationship. I think what it was, and then I and then I want to direct this at you a bit, Madison. It wasn't that just I woke up one day and said, "Oh, I need to end that relationship." It was I woke up one morning mm-hmm. and no longer was I willing not to honor myself at such a deep level that I would never that I would not ever put my pleasure first. I think that was a double negative, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it yeah. the relationship was just one of those conversations that needed to get complete. There was a bunch of them. Recently, drinking does not resonate with my pleasure. And so those conversations keep coming Mm. up. And so Madison, I feel there's a lot of parallels Mm -hmm. in our stories, right? Do you remember, was there a specific moment where you woke up inside of your marriage and said something needs to change or what was your journey? What was your journey in flipping the table on your marriage and your sexual identity and coming into your own? Well, this like, and I want to just say like, I feel like flipping the table is a lifestyle because something I recognize about my desires in in being like, I would say like hyper polyamorous, you know, and I'll define like what I mean by hyper polyamorous. Like I'm, my husband and I actively seek out other relationships with other people beyond just each other and beyond just one other person. And um, it brings us pleasure and it is our expression of love. And so the nature of that is that new desires present itself regularly, sometimes every <laughs> other day. At this point recently, my husband was like kind of going through a dry spell. He was going through a bit of a dry spell. One of his sexual relationships completed. And, and there was like a dry spell for him. Well, let me tell you something there. I was not having a dry spell. I was having the most, the wettest spell of them yet. <laughs> this ripe age of 29 is treating <laughs> me so well. The wettest spell of them yet. Amazing. Uh, the wettest, the wettest spell of them yet. She said with her magic and she wand waves her and wand. her crystal. <laughs> and, and, and then I'll say, you know, what, <laughs> What has come up is, you know, is the deeper intimacy with my partnership as I stay true to my desires that are constant. They don't end. That I'm mm. especially because I feel like the polyamory puts a, a bit of a magnifying glass on my just opportunities and resources to have desire be present. Because it's beyond mm-hmm. just like the desires I'm creating with my partner, but then it's like all these other desires I'm creating outside. And so mm-hmm. I will say that I have experienced such deep intimacy with my partner in 
making it a practice to speak desires as they come up. And, um, you know, my, my journey line is, of course, got married at 23, was quote unquote straight, even though my ex-girlfriend introduced me to him. <laughs> and it took four years of monogamy and ultimately being so resentful mm. to my husband. Uh, like I couldn't talk to him without being sounding so mean. And here's the thing, his biggest turn on is kindness. So it really impacted our sex life. Once I got resentful, it was like spark was just dead. And I will also say, luckily I have a, I chose a partner who had shared values of mine as well as communication skill sets and philosophy that mm-hmm. he actually said to me, one night, I was on my birthday, my 24th birthday. He was like, whoa, are you still bisexual? And I was like, this is your moment, bitch. This is your moment. Mm. And I was like, well, actually, yes. Because I, I felt and knew in that moment that this is what why I was being so mean to him and couldn't understand it. Because I was really only expressing the half of my truth. And really honoring that, like you said, Lindsay, honoring the desire meant that I could risk losing it all. Had just We had just gotten married six months before this conversation. And I get that in one timeline, in a different timeline, in a different couple, we could have totally, that could have broken us up. But here's the thing. I was so true about my desires and from such a like, humble place, like a place of discovery and curiosity and innocence. We talked about, we've talked about erotic innocence, almost this place of erotic innocence. Like, yes, it's true. What do we do now? This like teamwork (laughs) between us. It was like, he says it's so good. He's like, I didn't even know I wanted this lifestyle, but I trusted her desire. And I feel like that is the ultimate king energy. Mm. I really feel that. That's not what this episode's about, but I will just say like, fuck. If you, if you are looking for a, a, you know, a viable long-term partner, I would say someone who supports you, you going after your desires is a huge, is a yeah. huge factor. I mean, it's actually would be a deal break for me. If I like could start over, I would look, be like, oh, if you're not that kind of person, I don't know if like I, we can do this because it's such a core philosophy to me to like really follow my intuition and let my desires lead me into the magic that they do. You know, Madison, Um, I want to go back to something that you said that, and I want to pose the question to both of you. You said something so insightful. You said, I I was waking up, you were feeling resentful and it triggered something. I think that living a pleasure-positive life is an ongoing experience, right? (laughs) But I do believe at the beginning of the journey, (laughs) there are key indicators that begin the thawing out, that began the thawing out of us and are maybe beginning the thawing out of other people, maybe someone listening. Resentment is one of them, right? That you, it's, a, it's a key indicator that you are not living to your fullest pleasure potential. Can you, Katie or, or Madison, yeah. do you guys remember any other key indicators that might be something 
that somebody listening could begin to reflect, oh, if this is showing up in your life, that may be an indicator that there is an unfulfilled desire. A big one. Hmm. I feel like resentment is a big one or competing with your partner. Hmm. Like trying to one-up your partner instead of being partners. I think everything that you're saying is, especially Madison, what you said, that you got to this point where you could lose it all. Yeah. You chose to follow your pleasure. Anyways, I think this idea of free fall and someone earlier said surrender and like, (laughs) it's this free fall into trusting my innate knowing. And for me at the beginning of mine, I didn't even know what that meant. You'd say that to me and be like, "Mm mm-hmm. Okay. Like, what are you even? You didn't know what what meant exactly. You know, like what what meant to really tap into my innate Mm. knowing as far as my root chakra, as far as my Mm. pussy intuition is. My intuition, I was really good at following, but like really tapping into what I actually wanted was and entered me into a realm of permission giving, oh, I'm allowed to have that. And I saw how much I restricted myself from oh, having so restriction. all the things that I wanted because- Restriction like, is one of those- Yeah, te- or shame. Restriction. I mean, shame. Shame, yeah, or one of those, some of those indicators. Keeping secrets. Yeah. Keeping secrets, I think is a big one, like being secretive. Mm. Um, That's great. Yeah. yeah, restriction. Yeah, if, you, if you're going around your life and you're restricting yourself- what? What the hell? What is, what is, that doesn't sound like a fun life to live, right? No, I was totally right. restricted, I feel like. And, and I think that as a society, there is a restrictive sexual attitude across the board. Mm. So when it comes to, you know, the conversations that we're having, the m- majority of people it will strike some kind of chord and they'll either be curious or they'll want to learn more or, you know, or they'll be completely confronted and stopped, you know, in the conversation. Mm. Um, So I think that there's a lot, there's been a lot to gain for sure. And what was it like for you, Katie? Do you remember a specific moment or was it this free? I love this concept of free falling into your pleasure. It is sort of like a, a trust fall, right? <laughs> like, I don't, it's fall. like a trust fall into it's pleasure. Like trusting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, no, fuck that. It's more than a trust fall. It's like you're jumping off a fucking cliff. And no one checked to see if there were rocks down there. So you're well, like, look, not just because what we're talking about doesn't mean you need to start like a public sex podcast. You know, no. like we we definitely jumped off the cliff. We're just talking about like you know just diving into this world and keeping it to your you know to yourself within your own private relationship is hard for it. Would that was hard for me before doing any of this work? So I mean that was. No one who ever knew me before going to Madison's bachelorette party, (laughs) I've been like a forever changed person because I would, no one would ever think I'd ever do anything like that. I never thought so to the point where I'm actually getting certified as a sex educator under my nursing degree. Like it's just been so transformative and the work has been so impactful to so many people um, and I, we see it again and again as we run our course. 
<clears throat> we just finished it. And, and again and again, in my daily life, you know, I have you too. I think that um, this project and this conversation and the bravery that Nicole Hodges spoke to really talks, really speaks to how we've boxed, our, boxed ourselves in mm-hmm. to this conversation. Yep. And f- we've boxed, our, boxed ourselves in pretty publicly. So the desire and the urge to keep it going forward is more there where as if it wasn't, I could see it just falling to the wayside pretty easily, you know? So that's why we've created all these programs and simple structures to maintain that conversation of living a life guided by pleasure. And as your desire ebbs and flows and life transitions into different uh, you know, new times, mm-hmm. you know, you have a new baby, you start a new job, you move to a new place. You get so, married. <laughs> new relationship. Yeah. You get married, <laughs> you know. You know, and, so. and yeah, this is like, there's a whole movement that's been going on for a minute now of like, find your truth, right? Find your mm-hmm. truth. And that's wonderful and dandy. It truly is. And I think what Nicole Hodges is pointing to is like, but there's no fucking point if you're not going to yes. do anything about it. And it mm-hmm. takes courage to live mm. your truth. It's one thing to find it and know it and read all the books and listen to all the podcasts and consume information to understand that you need to know your truth and then maybe know it. But like, what if you really were like, oh shit, I'm bisexual like me. <laughs> Say that was your your storyline. Mm-hmm. What right. are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna you gonna keep it a secret? You're gonna try to hide it. You're probably gonna get super resentful if you do. Are you gonna tell? Are you gonna tell your truth? You know, are you gonna speak what's real for you? What's coming online for you? It's sort of a lie when we hide. Like we gotta put our vulnerability G strings on and at the very least just <laughs> name. What's alive for us? Yeah. And sometimes that shit's scary, like Nicole said. You know what? It probably is. And so if we just knew that, if we just know it, my desires are probably going to terrify me. Maybe we could soften around that and make it just breathe into that and say, okay, you know, and do something about it. Um. In terms of fulfillment, and this is a key aspect of, of pleasure, is, is fulfillment and accomplishment. And so when we don't go after our desires, we're not going to experience this fulfillment, which is ultimately what we crave and need as people. We, we, we crave it. It's, it's built into, in our being, in our, our fucking DNA to crave fulfillment. And so we can we perpetuate this lack of fulfillment when we don't go after our desire. So prolonging the desire does nothing. And in fact, leaning into the desire not only does something, it 10Xs the potential results available in other areas of life because where desire flows in one area, that energy starts mm-hmm. to spill over. This is not something new. This is a, it, some, something about energy that we know that that when energy's moving over here, it tends to spill over over here. I, um, 
And so what can we do to be, to gain that courage? What can we, what is needed? What do we get to become to, to, to have the courage to honor our truth and honor those desires? And actually I agree. And, and I, and I think that something, it's interesting. You always hear people say body, mind, spirit, body, mind, spirit. To me, there's something missing from that. And I've done a ton of spiritual work. I've done a, you know, exercise. I've done a ton of personal development work, but there's this missing pillar. You could argue, yes, it lives inside the body or the spirit or whatever, but it's, it's your sex, right? I feel that is a fourth pillar distinct in and of itself because that was the thing that brought the other three pillars together for me. When I really was able to communicate and go deeply with my sacred sex, it brought everything else together. I think without freedom around that sacred area, it will be a block from 10xing those other areas of your life, right? When I started to do this work, not only did I leave a relationship that wasn't working for me, I three months later, wasn't even trying to, met the man of my dreams, tripled my income, and, and started an entire new revenue stream that I hadn't even considered yet. These are, were unpredictable results that I wasn't expecting to have right. coming from getting complete with my sex center, if you will, my sacred sex. Mm-hmm. And so the, they, they all work together, but it's like, you can read all the self-help books you want and be in your head and you can sit in your room and meditate and do the secret all you want. But there is this missing block that mm-hmm. the human population is starving for. Or you can do yeah. those things, but you're sure as hell not gonna enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. You're putting down some good medicine right now, <laughs> Lindsay Harbor. Preach. Fuck yeah. You know, and and I just want to say, you know, uh, in terms of like unlocking codes to be a sex goddess. Oh, I like. I'm gonna that. bring it there right now. I'm bringing mm. it there because I just want to like. I just. I feel like I haven't really talked about like my sex life that much, and I just like want to like give a solid like update that I am having the best sex of my life to date ever. And here's the thing though. It's, it's, it's not that, it's not that glamorous behind the scenes, but it is devotional. And at every single day I devote myself to pleasure, my pleasure practices, not just to check it off a list, but incorporating it into new habits, creating new neural pathways. Um, I get, for me, it's connecting to that witchy goddess energy that grounds Mm -hmm. me in my pleasure that gets me immediately into my senses. So what I do, I mean, it's all the rituals. It's all showing up for them. So I wake up, I'm like, and I'm saying this is what's caused me to magnetize, I think, so much good sex so frequently with multiple partners has been being so grounded in my pleasure practices. And so literally it just looks like waking up for me and immediately I'm a triple fire sign. Immediately like lighting some incense or Palo Santo. We have a whole funny bit from Lightning in a Bottle Music Festival about Palo Santo that I'm not going to go into right now. It's, it's a whole other episode. <laughs> it's like super meaningful point, but it's a whole other episode. We'll do it. It's a we comedy. We can do a little Patreon content with it. Yeah. Go tune into the, the comedy skit that we birthed at Lightning in a Bottle. Um, and uh, okay. So back to what we were talking about. Um, 
course I lost my train of thought. Great. Thanks, lightning in a bottle comedy skit. Um, can someone help me pick up my, what I was just- You were talking about unlocking codes to be a sex goddess. I'm still on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so the, the pleasure, so the pleasure <laughs> rituals, right? So I've been, um, lighting, uh, so right first thing in the morning, I light some incense or some Palo Santo and immediately start working with my element. I'm a, I'm a fire sign. I just, mm-hmm. I have a triple fire sign, Aries, Aries rising and Sagittarius moon. And so I work with fire. I'm looking at fire. I'm immediately getting engulfed with my senses, like the flame, the, the, the scent from the, the burning sticks. And then I work with essential oil. I put it on my like uh, soles of my feet because it absorbs faster in there. I'm breathing into it. And then working with my crystals. Like mm. immediately, this is like immersing myself, all my pleasure senses. I make something to drink, usually cacao. I'm immediately involving all of my senses, which is our access mm-hmm. to pleasure, in a short period of time within 15 minutes of waking up in the morning. And it just literally is like, a sh- I don't even have coffee, but it feels like I'm just like, woo, activated. I just like lit up all my senses at once. and. And then it looks like a regular movement practice, whether it's walking, dancing, or my Pilates, like whatever it is, sticking to a movement practice, meditating, breathing, or reading, or journaling, one of those things at another point in the day, and staying super grounded in my body. Pleasure is available to us only through the body, not up here. You know, like it's a conscious in the body experience. And ever since that consistent practice like eventually resulted in a level of magnetism that I'm still, I'm actually needing to learn how to yield and con- and sort of control now. Cause I'm like, whoa, it's turned on so loud. I literally have three dates. I, I can't even book them all next. I don't want to have three yeah. dates in one week. That's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And what I, what I hear in your share, I know that you're sharing a lot about the things that you do, but what I hear underneath of it, which is a real through line that we do with our, um, coaches and our programs is the state of being. And I have it that you're really radiating inside of your state of being. We have this thing called a pleasure anchor. You know, pleasure is possible when I be a certain way. And I have it that all these dates are coming to you, right? When we have the experience, yeah, when we have the experience of things just coming to us, a lot of times that has to do with your way of being. Damn straight. Absolutely. I had a total state change total way of being shift. And it really came to me. I I volunteered. uh, So in April, it was my birthday, March 31st. And I had like a really, like a huge portal of um, spiritual journeying that I did that month. And one of the things that I did is I volunteered for one of my besties and my spiritual mentors, uh, Pleasure Retreat. It was called Pleasure Purpose Power. And it was on the Big Island of Hawaii. And there may or may not have been some like next level plant medicine. I'm not going to like or deny that. But I was in this <laughs> Next level temple jungle. I was in this temple jungle treehouse, literally in rural jungle, up in this treehouse. And it was in an uh, like a hexagon, just like this like spiritual shape. And the acoustics were just absolutely out of this world. And I was just having this experience in my body where I was like, I am a fucking goddess. And I had been realizing that I had been doing this thing with my husband and with love interests and with my career where I was like trying to go make things happen. 
instead of just fucking being yeah knowing well and it's so funny you talk about the being and the knowing and the doing I do want to you are the queen of personal pleasure practices and I know that we're also a huge fan of personal pleasure practices I personally don't do as many I don't like, you know, and I'm sure Katie with her two kids that, you know, might not have as many practices. I do think that they can be supportive, but it's also sometimes it's omitting things to do and just being the being, right? For me, it was starting to say no to things. And I, like, I have this exercise for years. I had, you know, you have this, this to-do list in the back of your mind, right? Like these things that you think you should be doing, like meditating, blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes like saying, you know what? Meditating is not my fucking thing. I'm going to like let it go from my subconscious. And what I started doing was taking long walks and being with my thoughts. And that, right, which is, which a, form is a form of meditating, meditating, but I thought I had to do it, like sit in my room silently and hum. And like, that was torture for me. So sometimes it's either your version or just saying, I'm going to take a nap today. Maybe that's your form of meditating or I'm not going to go to that barbecue because it's too much for me. Sometimes it's saying no to things as well. Yeah. Katie's yeah. the queen of that. Oh yeah. The queen of saying no. Yeah, things. just so you know you're a celebrity in me in our, me and Lindsay's community. Like Oh my god. Like everyone knows who you are. Like where where's Katie? Oh my gosh. I was at your birthday party. I go to things. That's true. That's true. I'm not a a, a complete, uh, you know, MIA, but. um, No, but you you are like, you have, you are in a totally new era, mother of two. I mean, my life is completely different. I, I miss the days where I could take long walks just to hear my thoughts. Um, but you do take hikes with Lily. I do. I do. And And today, you you know, it was a half of a hike because she cried the whole way there, all the way up the hill and all the way back down. So I didn't do the whole hike, you know, like it's just, it sounds like I wish that every day was just like, I could wake up and rub oil on my hands and like, (laughs) welcome myself to my day. Like, I think that I wish that yeah. I would have done that when I when I could have. You know, I think I think I did in different ways. Um I mean, I love my life right now. Like I wake up with like drool on my face. Like it's very not sexy, my life right now. Um so it's just sound I feel like I love to live vicariously through you both and just kind of hear your stories and be like, "Huh, well I could kind of take some of that." But what I what I've really found is just like giving myself a break mm-hmm. mentally and allowing mm-hmm. myself, trusting myself to follow my pleasure because a big part of my journey and not, I, I didn't know that I didn't trust my body, but I had all this cervical armoring from not having any sex education and having had um, given people access to my body in a way where I wasn't expressing autonomy, you know, but I didn't have this language that we have now. And, um, so trusting, trusting my body and, um, trusting my innate intuition now that I do follow living a life of pleasure, it's really hard for me to say no to things, but I do do that. 
And I have to. So what and, is it? But I think the biggest thing for me is like trusting my, trusting my flow because I ex- still experience that same thing that Madison was talking about, that I am a magnet for what I desire. Mm-hmm. But what I desire mm. is not what I used to desire anymore. And mm. so I'm now getting to rediscover it ongoingly on what that looks like. And sometimes it means letting things go. And sometimes it means adding things on. Like I keep moving days around with school because I'm I'm trying to get the one-on-one time. You know, I'm just trying to find a balance that really works for me. Mm. Because if it's working for me, it's working for my family. And um, so I think that's how I'm really staying in my pleasure and living life guided by pleasure. So it's, so it's, and I hear in your, I was going to ask now in on in your pleasure, what do pleasure practices look like for you? Is it just the simple maneuvering of finding balance? Like, what does it look like for you now that you've been through this transition? What do pleasure practices look like for you if it doesn't look like rubbing oil on your hands? I guess what it looks for me now, I mean, recently is it looks like me having conversations with my husband where sex is not on the table, but we're able to have like really explorative, um, fantastical conversations of like, I had never, he never told me the type of porn that he was into for whatever reason. And he shared that with me in a conversation. And I realized in that conversation that I hadn't told him that I had been listening to Dipsia. And he was like, what, what do you like to listen to? What do you like about it? And there were just so many questions. And it, I think that's one of my favorite things that we've done recently is being able to have those conversations with sex not on the table. Just because every time I would have a conversation like that with any partner, it would be like, oh, this has to lead to sex. This Mm. is definitely so I would avoid having any of these conversations because there's just no freedom. Interesting. There's just an expectation, you know. So I wouldn't, I I really never broached the subject, you know, not in this way, not with the freedom that I have to do it now. So and 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 this is not to say that we're not having any sex. Like we're having sex. It just does take, it takes something a little bit more with two kids, one being an eight month old and both of us um, really recovering and restructuring our life after remodeling our house. We finished that three days before the baby was born. So it's been a lot. It's just been high stress, you know, which I think a lot of people can relate to. I think that gets in the way a lot is we're so exhausted at the end of the day. So I think honoring where I'm at now and and not judging it and normalizing that you may not be banging it all the time, like right after you have a baby. You know, I was we were doing a Instagram live with Rudy and and I was like, I'm really trying to normalize you don't have to have sex six weeks after you have a baby just because your doctor says that you can. I just imagine all these people, all these little Katie's out there who don't don't have the conversation or the communication that I have now. And their doctor tells them, okay, six weeks, you can have sex now. And their husband just being like, okay, we can have sex now. And her not being ready to, but just like, oh, but the doctor says that I can oh, but my husband really wants to. Oh, well, I used to want to. Do I want to now? You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I I just feel like um, there's so much to be uh, said about the changes that you go through um, 
when you become a parent and you have kids and sex changes and desire changes and, you know, but keeping that intimacy, like I'll flirt with my husband in the middle of the day, you know, just like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even a bigger, just, like, I think normalizing not having sex, even for phases of your relationship. Like, I, I don't know if I've even told yeah. you guys this. Ryan and I are not, we're barely having sex and we haven't been for months. But what we have been doing is in conversation. And what we uncovered is we had been, we recently moved. And for the first time, both of us, we don't have any roommates. We live alone. And for the first time in years for both of us, we have both neurally completely relaxed because we feel safe at home, which now is a non-negotiable mm-hmm. for me. Having a safe place that feels like home with no roommates for me is the thing I realized. And yeah. once we started to feel safe, I realized that we were powering through the motions of sex. And when we moved in, mm-hmm. at first we were having sex and then we sort of stopped having sex. But what we did start to have was conversations And Ryan shared Mm -hmm. with me that he felt like he had been pushing through in the beginning of our relationship to keep me happy and that he actually, through feeling safe in our relationship, has had some trauma come up for him. And Mm -hmm. we are working through that together um, from his past. But he realized he'd been pushing through and pushing through to keep partners happy. And so I said to him the other day, okay, so we're dating in our sex life. There's no pressure to have sex. Let's take this a day at a time. If we're not to the place where we're having sex yet in our dating sex life, we're kind of starting over and we're going to work with someone that can really help us process through this and have sex from a new space. So we're focusing on our Mm. intimacy and deep conversations and co-creating what we want together for our future sex life. Because for right now, he needs a break. And I want to normalize that as well. Sometimes in your relationships, you don't have to force yourself. Like a pleasure positive life is not for everybody having sex three times a day or having sex every day or even three times a week. I think it's normal to go through ebbs and flows, especially if you're having stuff come up for yourself and allowing yourself the space to do, to feel into your body what feels right for you in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I that I just thought so of that I this. do every morning is when I wash my face with a washcloth, I just like leave it there for an extra few seconds <laughs> and then bring it down. Because I nice. have two kids like right next to me and I get a lot of pleasure from that. That's good. It's the little moments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the Sorry, little moments. Madison, what were you going to say? <laughs> Sorry, Madison. Why are we apologizing? It's all good. I I love that. I just like, I I also just want to echo what you shared, Katie. Like so many things are pleasurable in a given day. Like a pleasure practice doesn't need to look like my witchy ass bullshit. Like with my- Which I love, by the way. Like I love it. Which is great. But also it's level of awareness. It's that, oh, I can take another second here to like Mm, finish washing mm -hmm. my face. It's kind of like, how do you masturbate? Do it when you orgasm, do you get up right away? Or do you bathe in your own orgasmic bliss? Mm-hmm. A lot of times you notice, like just I I I can totally see where sometimes there's that programming of um, oh, I just uh gave myself pleasure and now I need to go do something else. 
So pleasure practice I've taken on around masturbation is actually staying in that orgasmic bath for as long as possible. And we can do this with so many things, like the way we drink our warm tea. Totally. You know, like, are we really tasting our, the way we eat our food? Like it's bringing presence to the sensation. So having that warm washcloth, bringing presence to it, just actually be like, wow, I'm putting this warm cloth on my face and having it there for a few extra seconds. Like this is ways we can incorporate exuding the beingness of pleasure Right. And that being a practice in and of itself, where it's an in-the-moment practice. So just to distinguish the different types of pleasure practices. Thank and I just you. wanted to echo yeah. that in your share, Katie. Amazing. Thank you. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to say before. <laughs> we were- <laughs> but, oh, I do. I really relate to, you know, there was a moment, my Austin and I have been together for fucking almost nine years now. And I think we're coming up on our six-year wedding anniversary. Maybe it's seven, but. We just had our nine-year anniversary yesterday. (laughs) Oh, come on. Happy anniversary. anniversary. Happy wedding anniversary. And there was a moment in, like, engagement in the first two years of marriage. It was, like, this three-year bubble of, like you said, going through the motions of sex, doing it because we were were trying to satisfy each other. And what we really got to was, like, this isn't Mm -hmm. authentic sex. And like what I realized on my journey is that sex is so spiritual. It's one, it is, it is spiritual for me. It's so sacred. And I really saw that I was having a lot of inauthentic sex with my husband where I was like, I only really want to have sex when the desire is authentic, when it's real, when I'm really being desiring him, when he's really desiring me. And when we, when we're meeting each other and there was a minute where we weren't meeting each other there that regularly. And I just got okay with that. Like, I'd rather be, I just would, because when we have sex, it will be authentic. And that's where I was really residing. And um, fuck yes to getting, I just also want to echo getting therapy. You know, sex therapists are amazing. Thank you, sex therapists for existing. Thank you for existing. And they have niches. We're working with one right now, Kate Lohr, shout out to you. We're going to have you on the show one day. (laughs) Um, Who's a specifically polyamory sex therapist. And it was so funny. I was wanting to have more sex with Austin. I was like, okay, the once a week is great. But when you're only, he's a pilot, so he's only home for eight days at a time and he's gone for 12. So if we have sex once a week, that means we're having sex twice a month. And when I broke down those numbers, I was like, that doesn't work for me. I cannot be having sex with my husband twice a month. And I was like, and we just couldn't talk through it. He was like, well, uh, uh. And I was like, oh, oh. So I was like, therapy, here we come. We hire Kate Laura. I end up finding out that friends of ours work with her. I'm like, how validating is that? I'm like, great, perfect. She's a renowned author of the book, Open Deeply. And it was like, the second we hired her, just by declaring that and hiring her and having our first session, I went to the first session and like, we had had sex three times that week, of course. And I joked on the call, on the therapy call, I was like, well, leave it to us to, you know, sign up for therapy and then be in absolutely no breakdown at all. But how cool is that to actually not be in breakdown in therapy? Because then you can actually mm. rationalize, rationally process without coming from a place of upset and get ahead of these things. And really? what's really cool is I think that just the desire to be having sex with each other more, we have been. So some of our shticks, if you don't know what that is, then it's a Yiddish <laughs> term, okay? A shtick, okay? A shtick is like a, it's like a, a peeve, like a pet peeve in a way. If you're, you know, kind of like a shtick. That's just I know what a shtick is. For <laughs> that I can give. Yeah. But anyways, 
unstick yourself by going to therapy before there's even a breakdown because that that willingness that saying i want support will usually create some some freedom in the situation to begin with um and so uh, anyways back to the having sex with my husband um more frequently just from putting it out there I mean like hey let's get therapy now i'm i'm grateful to know that now if we do have a breakdown inside the near future we already have the therapist set up it's like we already right, yeah. have that structure there were in so many place. times when we were in couples therapy I, I would just sort of note something and be like i'll deal with that in therapy and you you fight less and then you get to work it out with a mediator until you have the tools to work it out yourself <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Totally. That's it's a, it's very that's part of my pleasure positive yes. life and a pleasure practice is is know when a conversation requires professional guidance. I think we try to have really big conversations that sometimes if there if anyone if either one of the person has some trauma, it's going to be really hard to get through right. and be heard because you're talking to someone's trauma. You're not right. going to get through that. And so I think it's really important to know and be able to table oh, that's that's for therapy and, and, and just, and not even go there. Cause it's probably not going to go well anyway. Yeah. And this is how we can actively support each other and support ourselves in getting our desires met. Exactly. True. Which is really the, like this whole episode is about ladies. And we, I feel we have yeah, the courage to get your desires. We have, we met. have covered so much ground in it. I think Madison just, it really does spoil it down. I'm just going to end this episode the way we started it. Right. Like, how good are you willing to have it? And what are you willing to let go of or take on or do or not do to have it? And if you can stay inside of this conversation, we promise that there is power on the other end of it. There's pleasure on the other end of it. And we are here to support you. If you'd like some direct support from us, reach out to us. We have multiple incredible courses and coaching directly with us, many different paths that we can take you on. So reach out to us and we're going to get you on the perfect path for you. Okay. If you're interested in this conversation and um, what do we say, ladies? Should we tell them that we'll see them yeah. next Tuesday? Yeah. All right. Clitorati. Yeah. I guess we're going to see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ciao.